Hello and welcome to Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. I'm Donnie Hatfield-Smith. I'm Anthony Casella. And I'm Quentin Lamont. And we are here. <laughs> we're just here. Hi. Hi. Hello. We're back. Not just here, we're back. I guess I'm back. Guess so. Deal with it. <laughs> How was everyone's Valentine's Day? Is that something we celebrate? I mean, yes, um, it was It was yeah. good. How, how was your Valentine's Day? I guess I should ask. That's more <laughs> of like both of you on the... On no, the, you're coupled up. You were taking stuff. pictures of trash cans and stuff. Yeah, we were. <laughs> Just trash cans. <laughs> It was an art project. It was not the, it was, not the actual trash, just the cans. The trash, <laughs> the trash cans. I mean, per, specifically with Erica Jane on the side of them, because <laughs> it makes sense to me that they still exist as like time standing still for like that moment of theater and COVID. But they always um, they always make me laugh. But yes, Valentine's Day was <laughs> Valentine's Day was good. I mean, we we celebrate in like a a low key, hopefully not obnoxious kind of way. Yeah, I don't know. How about you all? I was the same. I think it's the long yeah. term. Like if you've been together for a while, you don't really need to do all the shit that you know. Like we can't go out to restaurants now, but like when you could, like you know, why deal with like lines and making reservations and doing all that stuff? And so we just ordered some sensible delivery. Yeah. That sounds good. What'd you get? Um, there's a place near us called Black Swan. Um, <gasps> oh my God. We went to Black Swan. Yeah. It's our like go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I, <laughs> you took me when I came out to Brooklyn. Yeah. We when I lived it. in Pittsburgh. So we just had it delivered. Thought of you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, this is a little bit about us to the audience. Yeah. That's when I came out to visit, went to go see Mariah Carey and I got really, really, really drunk and dehydrated on wine. And that's where the story ends, I think. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I think that might have been the first time. I, this was a long time ago. Yeah. I think this might be the first time I saw you like really get drunk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sure was. I wasn't it don't happen drinking. often, y'all. It don't happen often, y'all. But when it happened, it happens. I didn't drink. I don't think I drank any water. It was the first time I've been to Quinn. It might even have been the first time I met you. It was the first that time I've been. Sound right. I don't know. Does it? I, I, I can't think of an earlier time. Yeah, it was a lot of time. Honestly, honestly yeah, I've known you for so long. I don't know anymore. Maybe it was and we've hung you... out so many times. <laughs> Maybe it was before you moved in, but it was definitely the first time at the apartment. Um, and we drank okay. wine. Then we went to the show where we drank some more um, <laughs> and dinner somewhere. And I just was not drinking water. So by the time, like. Oh, yeah. You weren't living in New York then. No. No, not even in Pittsburgh. Like we drove yeah, that's right. from Pittsburgh. Yeah. My night ends there as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was a great night f- for anyone. No, I, mean, I like for various wanted, reasons. Yeah. I wanted to get in a fight with some guy. I chased him down the street <laughs> yelling at him. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Mariah, the things you do. Yeah. How do we get there? <laughs> Black swan. Black swan. Yeah. So happy Valentine's Day, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And now a little housekeeping before we get into current events. 
I just wanted to thank Zoe Riley, a full government name. I'm sorry, Zoe. I hope you don't want people following you, but I wanted to thank you for coffee this week. So thanks, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Full name, Zoe. Yeah, thank you. We love you. Yes, thank you. So if you are listening and want to buy us a coffee, you can visit buymeacoffee.com slash knowthatpod, and we will read your name on air. <laughs> Whatever name you give us, we'll just read it. One name. Full name. Full names. Social security. name. (laughs) We'll read it. (laughs) Let's jump into some current events. This one I should have read last week, but I was just so overwhelmed giving you nonsense that I forgot all about it. But Lisa Vanderpump is getting a new show on E! I don't really know if it's a reality show or a talk show. It looks like both. It's called Overserved, and it just looks like she like she sets tables and then has conversations with her celebrity friends. I mean, she might be overserved, but I'm underwhelmed because <laughs> <laughs> who needed who needed this show? And you're right, it's billed as a talk show, but it's almost like a how-to. I watched the trailer and it's basically her throwing dinner parties for celebrity guests. I, yeah. I can't make heads or tails of it. Me neither. It seems very stuffy and British to me. She needs to take that shit across the pond. I don't <laughs> See, know. I think the opposite. She's like mooning people, spanking people. She's trying hard in this. <laughs> yeah. In the in the preview, at least. I was never I was never like struck by Lisa Vanderpump's style. And I feel like it's the same beats a lot. It's like her it's like her high class look is like swans and white tablecloths yeah. and pink roses. <laughs> and then her like down and dirty LA look is like we've seen that if you're if you're someone who happened to watch Vanderpump Rules, like that's the same variations on a theme too. All of which is not like lighting me on fire. Yeah. So I don't know that I'll need to watch this. It depends <laughs> who the celebrity is. Well, it it's uh, <laughs> I don't even have a sentence because they're simultaneously celebrities and not celebrities at the same time. When they announced like her guests, I thought it was, I thought I changed channels and was watching a surreal life <laughs> reunion. <laughs> it was like Margaret Cho, Lance Bass, Steve O, and Joel McHale. So, not Steve O. Steve O. That's who she was thinking. <laughs> Steve O. <laughs> I forgot about Steve-O. Did y'all forget <laughs> about Steve-O? Because I forgot about Steve-O. Yeah, I haven't thought of that name in, in years. Almost almost as long since I've been to Black Swan with the two of you. It's the last time I've, I've thought of Steve-O, maybe. I think that's a little bit longer for me. But... <laughs> Yeah, I just don't um, get it. Yeah, this is a wild guest list. It's a, <laughs> it was a journey as you read it. Because I like Margaret Cho. I feel like Lance, Lance Bass is like Lisa V's friend and then steve-o and who's the last one joel McHale. those are like huh, <laughs> i wonder me. i know she is friends with lance bass in real life i wonder if these are legit like just her friends and it's not like you know like there's no recruiter or anything for talent i wonder if she just like goes through <laughs> her phone and calls people maybe i wonder why it's called overserved i don't know just so you can make that <laughs> joke you made <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, but it worked it worked 
So now we'll go to Watch What Happens Live this week, where this year's Bachelor, Matt James, was the guest. So, Anthony, I know you don't really watch, so I'll I'll give you all the details I got. Thank you. Matt James, as the Bachelor, is a heterosexual male. As far as we know, he has not identified as anything else. And his roommate was a contestant on The Bachelorette previously, also a heter- heterosexual male. There's been a mm. lot of, like racism surrounding this season because he's the first black bachelor not to hear him tell it yeah he's biracial but the network keeps pushing that he's the first black bachelor first black bachelor so there's things to talk about when we talk to him but andy cohen decided to use this time and use his platform to ask him if he and his roommate blow each other ever (laughs) on watch what happens live yeah that was one of his questions he said (laughs) he said (laughs) he said matt do you and tyler ever blow each other and matt just laughed and he was like what happens in the apartment stays in the apartment but i he's a good a good sport at least yeah wow but nobody is really i felt like i was the only one that saw it i had to research to make sure it wasn't like an edited clip i saw because Nobody is like blogging about it, talking about it. And I don't understand why Andy is safe with things like this. I assume we're going to talk about like things he says to the Salt Lake women about their appearances later when we get into that. But he just like- We are in fact. (laughs) He just says so many things that I feel like people just gloss over. Uh, I knew he was going to talk about the racial stuff. Well, yeah, and he he doesn't need to, but he did do this, which is inappropriate, I think. If this was like a male talk show host saying anything like that to a woman, it would be everywhere. Well, I do think that's a little bit different because, you know, like with women, but I get what you mean. It's for me, I think it's like kind of it just comes off as kind of skeevy to me, like that, yeah. like old dude that wants to hear about you and your friend, like do you and your friend ever like touch each other but it's like that kind of vibe for me (laughs) he's kind of like getting off on it in front of everybody so it is weird Um, because he's like that with husbands on reunions and the husbands just laugh because like their wives are getting paid whatever but i don't know andy andy is (laughs) i don't want to say a predator but i guess i just did (laughs) (laughs) maybe andy's like religious people are talking about when like it's getting thrown in faces I, when if they bring up Andy Cohen I'd be like okay well maybe he is doing that. <laughs> yeah. but most of us are not doing that I mean without knowing a lot of the context around it and it doesn't sound like there is much because the question just yeah. seems to exist independent of any other like <laughs> helpful conversations and I yeah that's a shocking question it almost seems like he and I've seen him do this occasionally but this I've seen him do this to the Vanderpump boys sometimes. There are two friends on that show, Tom Sandoval and Tom Shorts, and he will ask them questions like this, not quite as just outwardly graphic as you said. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know that it's something that he should be getting away with. It almost seems like he's trying to, he's trying on his like Howard Stern skin to see how that works. But much like I will say, I didn't love the, even if they weren't his questions, the questions that he asked the Salt Lake women at the reunion. I don't love, doesn't, it doesn't sound like I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I don't, I don't love the sound of this question. Yeah. Sounds a little like you can't just get away with that because you're when you add to the a fact, gay man. And then when you get to the fact that he's like old enough to be his father, it's even creepier. Yeah. 
Yeah. And just because you're saying it to um, a straight man doesn't mean like, right. I don't know. It's not that like the straight man has to take whatever he has to take. I don't know how to explain it, but it just seems like beyond beyond bounds. I agree because it is. <laughs> it's one thing to be comfortable in your sexuality and to be like whatever it's another thing to like actually have to answer a question like that on live tv which i know was not like vetted with him so <laughs> right it's, like, it's, it's very it's like all right now yeah hmm. yeah i was yeah. sending it to like everyone i was like can you believe this i hate him <laughs> why does he say these things and then nobody was as riled as i was so i said well i'll use my platform to speak of it <laughs> Don't give me current events. Everybody's like, <laughs> well, it would be kind of hot, though. <laughs> Which is fine. <laughs> That's fine, but let's just imagine it. We don't need to ask him on national television. Agreed. Anyway, Agreed. someone that's not just listening to things people say and has to speak <laughs> up about it is Joe Judice. So I mostly just put this in so that we could get Quinn on a tangent, but Melissa Gorga did an interview with Us Weekly a few days ago where she talked about her relationship with Teresa and she said, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. I'm going to don't from now on. I'm done. You will see. I'm literally sticking up for her. We did it wrong. So guess what? To each their own, I'm done sticking up for anyone. Now, Quinn, you never thought she stuck up for her anyway, right? <laughs> I don't know. Like, here's the th- well, here's the thing about that for me. I have certain ex- expectations from people that I call family, and I don't feel like Melissa has ever hit those marks to me. Right. And I know Italians are supposed to all be about family, but that's not the family that I see here. Like, they fight all the time. Nobody seems they seem to gang up on each other. It's very weird to me. And for her to be, I feel like I always saw a lot of her getting in the way. Like. Her, Teresa and her brother have an issue. Let's insert Melissa and take a side. Some things you don't need to be involved in when you're a sibling and their sibling, I mean, when your spouse and their sibling has a problem, mm. you should just be like Switzerland. Like, hey, we know if it comes down to it, I'm on his side, but let's just try to stay out of this. That's not what Melissa does. Right. Melissa always uses it as a, as a way to put in the fact that, oh, I don't like the way Teresa treats me and to make matters worse. So I don't think she ever did much of anything anyway. So what is this threat? <laughs> I mean, what does it look like for her not to stand up to Teresa? I mean, for Teresa, what? how different is that going to look? That's true. It does make me excited for the new season. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I, I didn't need any more reason to be excited <laughs> about because I'm at like peak excitement with the clips that have been released and everything. But I mean, I'm ready for this, and yeah, I, I I'm ready too. I like when they I like when they're fighting, <laughs> Melissa and her brother and <laughs> Teresa. Yeah, uh, Melissa, Melissa and Teresa, and Teresa with her brother. I enjoy that. And, oh, and then when Melissa's sisters come, then she's unbearable. When she got her <laughs> sisters backing her up, it's like, oh god, here we go. Yeah, it's very it's very Cinderella. I don't know if to say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So wait, who's Cinderella? In this in this story, Melissa is Cinderella. We're moving on to the next subject. <laughs> oh wait, how? That's not what I thought. I thought you meant wait, what do you mean? Teresa was Cinderella. I thought and- Teresa was Cinderella and Melissa has her sisters to team up on Teresa. No? Okay. I thought I was saying something like Whenever we see Melissa's sisters, they're always like, "Oh, I, I, it's not a, it's not an exact equivalence." Because let's do are Patty like, and Selma. There we go. They're Patty and Selma, <laughs> evil stepsisters. Yeah, yeah, but um, that's not quite that's not quite the thing. I guess it didn't work in my mind. It did, <laughs> but when I explain it out loud, it falls apart in my hands like a like a 
like crumble cake. I mean, we made it work in other contexts. So you still, yeah. <laughs> you're still. I wasn't gonna have any conversation where Melissa Gorgon comes out as Cinderella. I was not gonna take part in that. Oh my yeah. gosh. But that's not even the full story, guys. <laughs> that was only the backup. So now Joe Judice did not like that Melissa said this. So he's been posting all over his social media. First, he made a like a regular Instagram post that said, Melissa Gorgon needs to shut up, hashtag shots fired. And then in case you missed that, then he made a story saying the same exact thing. <laughs> so so Joe is pissed by this interview. That's an odd way to go about being married, but. They're not, ma- no, Joe Judice, Teresa's ex-husband. Oh, Joe Judice, everybody named Joe on that damn show. <laughs> I didn't know who, which Joe you meant. Truly is, half the, half the female cast is named Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, who taught Joe Judice how to use an Instagram story? I don't know. I get shocked when you do it. So to see Joe, Joe do it, <laughs> really, I, I've gotten better. I'm practicing. You have, yeah, just some like fun artsy things. I try to type every now and then. <laughs> I know how to share someone else's. It's the creating that that gets me. No, it's being noticed <laughs> by me it, at least. <laughs> It took me 20 minutes to send a message to someone I wasn't friends with last week. <laughs> That's I progress, asked, though. Yeah, we asked, live help. and we learn, as Alanis said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so this week, Stephanie Holman made a Valentine's Day post for her husband. And let me pull it up really quick, because when I read it, it's really not the direction I thought we were going in. She posted a picture of the two of them, and it says, Happy Valentine's Day, Travis. I love doing life with you. You are such a wonderful husband and father. You're the only person I have ever met who was babysat by a serial killer and made it out alive. And then in parentheses, she said, true story. He was babysat by the one to five killer. So, so I don't know why this was revealed in an Instagram post. I would have much preferred it on the show. Yeah, that should be the first thing that I know about Travis. <laughs> yeah. wait, who's the, wait, who's the one to five killer, though? I've never heard of that. I this is somebody who kills you after your lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> Randall Woodfield. <laughs> now I feel like I'm a true crime, but I really just pulled up Wikipedia. Randall Woodfield. <laughs> That's what they do. Is an, yeah, is an American serial killer, kidnapper, and robber who was dubbed the I, oh, I-5 because he was oh, on like Interstate State Highway. 5. Yeah. Mm, oh, I've heard of that. I've Washington, that. Oregon, and California. Oh, I still um, have not. Though convicted in only one murder, he has been linked to a total of 18 and is suspected of having killed up to 44 people. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Damn. Well, well, that's incredible, but I don't really think he was in danger, right? I mean, yeah, he was a serial killer, but he killed women, right? Yeah. But it's and, still nuts. <laughs> I mean, it's nuts, but it's like the people like that, usually serial killers don't kill people like close to them like that. You know. That's true. I mean, it's a big deal, of course, but like, you know, he was all right, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I always wonder? And it could apply to this or to or to like anything else. Like what if like your waiter or waitress in a restaurant was a serial killer? Or what if like, I don't think the time works out here. What if before she was Jennifer Aniston on Friends, like Jennifer Aniston was your waitress somewhere? Like, did you ever think about that? Like people you don't, like, I, like what if Emma Stone was your waitress somewhere? Yeah. But like not when she was Emma Stone, she was just, you know, Emma. Yeah. I, I never know, thought you know about I mean. the serial killer, but I do think about the famous stuff. 
I don't think about either. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like, they're actually pretty good I, things to look, think about, I guess. Yeah, especially in New York. I mean, hopefully <laughs> in the future, we could, you know, the three of us, there, there could be a waiter or a waitress that we had at Black Swan in 2011, who is now like, Timothy Chalamet. I don't oh my know. God. You know if I mean. Army Hammer was our waiter, it's a celebrity and a serial killer. Allegedly. A two for, <laughs> two <Yeah>. for one. <laughs> and I think that's the end of current events. <laughs> <laughs> So we are here with Richie Sky to talk about all of the episodes this week. Hey, Richie. Hey, hey. hey. Hi, welcome. welcome to Thanks the for show. having me. And of course. Mm-hmm. And Richie can be found everywhere. I, <laughs> I don't even know what to plug for you right now because you literally have everything. Every time I look, you're on Good Day DC. You have your own YouTube show. So whatever you want to plug, now's your time. Plug away. Um, it's just anything DJ Richie Sky, honestly. Perfect. That's it. Just Google it and you can something will pop up. <laughs> and whatever it is, just click. Click it. And it, <laughs> it, it all leads back to me. It's, Touch a, it's it anyway. a good link. Just go. click it. <laughs> you'll get to where you need to go <laughs> i am mad at that <laughs> all right so let's jump in then first let's talk about dallas this week there's not too much to say but we're gonna find something <laughs> stephanie this week went over budget buying lockers for inner city schools or whoever she's buying lockers for she went over budget so travis jokes that they should whore her out this is my only bullet point about stephanie but i think it's a big one <laughs> what are our thoughts? Um, this is some real A plus storytelling happening in Dallas over here with this locker story. I'll start there. <laughs> just feel like this is the same storyline from season one, two, three, and four. <laughs> I her. like Stephanie I, and I like her a lot, honestly, but I just feel like this whole idea of getting from under his thumb is a little old to me at this point. And Stephanie being a housewife for at this point, five seasons should have stepped into her power in some way, shape or form by now. By season five, you should not be being told that the money you're spending is not yours because we know she's making money of her own to be spending. I remember Mm -hmm. in season one when they would lay in bed and go over the lists that he wrote for her to do. And she would be like, Travis, I'm not doing this. And I still feel like we're there in a way. That's true. And then like the joke about, you know, I'm guessing sex work. I think everybody knows that she could raise that money quite easily if she started (laughs) an OnlyFans. So I don't think that's really a joke. From the same we I mean, we see people do it. It's right. That could be Every something day. that could be a viable career change where she has she has something for herself now and she gets the locker. I think it's a win-win. I hope. I mean, do what you want to do with your money, but I hope if she started at OnlyFans, it wouldn't be to buy lockers. But. It wouldn't be to give back. <laughs> wow. I still don't understand why it's lockers. Like if a school doesn't have the budget to fix the sports. Then you know academics are screwed. I don't understand that. Does that does that make sense? I don't get that. Again, I'm not here to tell people what to do with their money, but buying lockers would not be my first way to give back. Do you think it's disrespectful of him to make that kind of joke, at least on camera? It's one thing for people to have like a, a dialogue or something that doesn't seem embarrassing or something they wouldn't want said in like a crowd. Okay, to be said in like 
the walls of their home or their apartment. But I don't know. I, I, I wondered kind of like what would be going through her mind when he, when he would say something like this on camera in front of um, America or whoever's watching Dallas. I think she's used to it. He gives me caveman vibes. He always has. So it's like, this is just, it's, there's nothing new to see here to me. Yeah. Yeah, But if I were to tell Stephanie what to do, um, I would tell her to get a trucking business. This is something she could do from home. She would not have to invest a lot of time in so she could still spend her time catering to him but she could still have her own thing on the side. That way she has some control. She can do whatever she likes. She can manage the dispatchers and she could do that with ease. Isn't that what Robin tried to do? Robin from Potomac? Trucking business. That's familiar. I don't remember Robin doing it. I remember selling these, I think. She's wearing hats, but I feel like before that she tried to do trucking. Wait, are you wearing an embellished hat? No. (laughs) You know what's funny? Here's the thing. Can we talk about that for a second? So I tried to buy one because I was going to wear it for my Potomac reviews. And at the time when I tried to buy it, they weren't available for sale. And this was in, I think it was like November at that point. So the show was on and they were about to start promoting the hats, but you couldn't buy them. Yeah, I know she sold out. She sold out. Yeah, she sold out. Sold out in the same way like she I sold out drag shows. I was in. like, there was only ten tickets, and I said, "You guys, only ten tickets left." That's that's easy to do when there's only ten to start with. It's a it's a marketing tactic. <laughs> it is kind of <laughs> a trucking uh. business for Stephanie. Okay, hmm. it's an idea. That's an idea. Wait, well, man, actually, what are you thinking? Robin did this. <laughs> I could have sworn there was a conversation about Robin starting a trucking business. I remember her talking about it with somebody. I know I'm not crazy. Are you sure that was? But I don't think anything came up. You know what? I feel like there was a scene with her and Giselle talking Mm -hmm. about it, right? Yes. And it's like, that's the only scene. And I was was like, no more talk about this (laughs) at all. Wow. Mm -hmm. We did a Honey, is this right? No, the only person I can think of having a trucking business is that Tyler Perry movie. What's that one with <laughs> <laughs> where Cookie Lion goes on that boat? Taraji. You know which one I mean. Just acrimony. What are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, I think I think we wrote this bullet point out. So also well, in Dallas. Well, no, I do think that he's very, you know, it's whatever, very Republican. But I think that she was more upset when he called her Harry. I'll leave it at that. Uh, uh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I think that bothered her more than the horror outcome. And this is the kind of relationship they have. She often, like, says on camera that she's going to, like, finger his butthole and mm. stuff. So I think that they just know if they're on camera, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, that 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 tracks. Because <laughs> not even in confessionals, yeah. she said it at like their vow renewal or something. <laughs> she did in front of like parents. And yeah. Stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. All right. Moving on. So, so then we go to Tiffany's pizza party, <laughs> and ahead of this, Tiffany sends a text telling everyone they have to be out by ten thirty. Is is this acceptable? <laughs> Some of them were saying like, if this was the case, you should have said it in the original invitation. That was not what happened. 
she sent it as people were arriving. <laughs> Honestly, I like Tiffany, so she could do no wrong to me. So if she said get out by 9:30 or 10 o'clock, y'all gotta go. Like I got she got work to do. She got lives to save. Like this, she got a real job. Yeah, I agree. And you have to think about it from a they're doing a show point of view. So like they could do what Giselle or not Giselle, they could do what Garcelle or what we've seen other women do in the past when they have work so they just don't show up to events. Tiffany's at least still doing this. She's just telling them, you got to go. I think there was oh, a yeah. way to do this that didn't feel so I need you out by <laughs> this time. A nice, like, I'm thinking six to 10 or a half hour before you want people to leave. Maybe you say, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I have an early morning tomorrow. And then you're kind of laying the groundwork for like the so half she, hour for everyone to kind of pick up and leave. I, I, there are, there are be, options here that Tiffany could have taken, I think. Should she have been like stretching and yawning when she said it? Like, oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Something like that. Oh, that's what I do. Mm. That's my go-to move. Quinn yeah, is rude for putting that publicly on air. Donnie would tell us wait a minute. Like, you can stay as long as you want to, but I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, a great way to do it is to say, so what are you guys about to do now? <laughs> True. Because you're There's done your here. Cue. I think there were, exactly. way, there were ways for her to do this. And I, before we kind of like branch off from that, I think this might this might speak more to what I would refer to as it, it felt like we were we were watching Tiffany learn how to socialize in a way that maybe there were like other errors that she, that she made. And this was part of like that clump of, Oh, I don't know if Tiffany's done a lot of this before, which isn't like a mortal sin, but we certainly saw a few missteps. <laughs> that makes sense. Do you think that maybe she's just taking some mental shortcuts because she does have so much kind of on her plate? Like I read an, an interview with her where she was talking about, you know, for her, it was very difficult to balance working full time or however many hours she's working, then, you know, spending time with her kids, but then also f having to film and how she felt guilty for that. So it almost kind of seems like, you know, like I, I know a lot of uh, business people who seem very short when they're responding to things. And it's because they have to just I've, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I've got to do this. So it kind of gives me that kind of vibe. I agree. I can see. And that. then because she's doing this, which is kind of like working in production and that shit never goes on time. <laughs> whenever you work in any kind of production, it's from whenever to whenever it gets done. And I do think that could be difficult for somebody like her to adjust to. I do. I yeah. will say, and I, I hope I'm going to explain it the right way. I did get the sense that it's a possibility Tiffany's getting kind of like her sea legs with filming and everything. I got the sense at some points that she thought they were like, even though the cameras were there and they were on that, they were like setting up to film. Mm. And I don't know if she understood that, like everything at the, at her house was fair game. Does, does that make a little bit of sense? I might, yeah. I like, I didn't know if maybe she thought she was telling like the crew, like, everyone's out by 10 kind of thing. And like, oh, we're going to set everything up so that we are filming and like doing the scene of being at the pizza party. We just saw the scenes of what she might be like from a production end. I, I, that ran through my mind as well. I don't know if, if that's true or, or could be a possibility, but I will extend it as one. That's a good observation. 
That was all pre-party. Then when people arrive, Tiffany breaks down her house rules, which are number one, be honest. Number two, no fighting. Number three, have fun. And then she tells them you get a warning. And if you break these rules after your warning, she's going to throw flour in your face. Uh, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do think that there's something to be said for maybe Tiffany's not used to socializing, just like you, like you said. I feel like she's not quite there with, the girlfriends, you know, party etiquette, especially for housewives, because they're never under control. She doesn't know that when there's a group scene, there has to be an argument or an altercation. I don't think she's familiar with that yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's quickly finding out. <laughs> I will say this, though. What really stuck out to me with this party at the beginning was like how nice her husband was. Oh, like her husband was so husband. nice and there for her. A sweet and like, I think he got lost, but he made the dough. So he made like dough for like, what, like eight women? How many women were there? Like, that's a lot of work to do. I don't know what he does exactly. I know we know, but I wasn't paying attention. But like that, I think he has that's not easy to do. <laughs> Try, trying this. <laughs> but like, that's not easy to do. And he like, he welcomed the guests. Like he did all that stuff. He didn't complain. Like he's. You know, he, he's he's quiet. He's like the ideal spouse. Yeah, yeah I love the husband. He's, he's a sweetie. I mean, yeah, you, you don't say those things to people you're inviting over to your home. Do you know what as I mean? As soon like... as they arrive. Well, not even. First, they have yeah. to wait around for you to finish getting ready. And then when you're done getting ready, <laughs> then you say, I'm going to throw flour in your face. <laughs> then you're like you're tripping over yourself to get them to get them booties and then when they finally got outside by the pizza ovens and the table it was like if you have to go to the bathroom put on this pair of booties but once you come back out you need to dispose of those put on a new i i, I was waiting for her to like give them pamphlets <laughs> there was a lot to remember here at at, at the moon home it <laughs> just tell them to take their shoes <laughs> off yeah also it's like it was all, it can't just be hosed down. Like, was there, I, uh, I, I was like mean? surprised like, there's what? no like outside bathroom, like near the pool or something. Like I was surprised mm. by that. that way nobody would have to go into the house. But I mean, she said like in her culture, she said, you take your shoes off. Yeah. So, I mean, you could, they couldn't wear shoes in her house anyway. So is that really a, a new rule? You know? Yeah, that's true. And I'd have been too drunk to keep up with it, but you're right too. I don't know that all of these women had we're going in with like the best mindset either. So they're like the hair on the back of their neck was probably like waiting to be raised by anything that she would do as well. So then we find out they're going on a cast trip to Austin, Texas. <laughs> Are we excited? They seemed excited. No, we're not. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we just went on a trip or was that just like the weird day drinking with Captain Brandy? Yeah, that, yeah, that was that just was, day that's drinking. what that was. But it felt like a long trip. Yeah, didn't it? it did. That was like a sojourn they went on. It was, it had like, it was like a mini series. Um, I'm enjoying Dallas, so I'll say I'm excited for the trip. But yeah, I know we're in a pandemic, so our options are limited. But just going someplace in the same state is not really thrilling to me. Mm-hmm. Right. I've no. been to Austin. It's all right. <laughs> that's that's your stamp of approval. Then they should put it's that. Okay. In the, they should put that in the trailer for the vacation. <laughs> so each woman gets to make her own pizza, and then they're going to have a taste test. And Tiffany brings out different flavors of crickets, and the whole group says, "Like I'm not eating them. I'm not going to eat any pizza that's on 
that the crickets are on. Tiffany sneaks some on hers and then the women don't know and they all eat a piece. And then when Brandy finds out, she throws up. Was this funny or too far? You know, from the girl who first season wore a poop hat to a banquet, a ladies luncheon, to me, this is just par for the course. She should be used to this. I would expect this from her. So to see her running off like that was just kind of like, for real. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. This is the queen of Brandy is the queen of those kind of things. I remember it was two, a few seasons ago um, along the same lines where she she was like running around chasing Cameron, putting a dildo in her in her face after she repeatedly asked her not to. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So this was a little hard to take for me from Brandy, but also the prank wasn't funny, nor do I think it, it wasn't like a mortal sin. It's just like, you don't trick people into eating things. They don't want to eat in your home, but it wasn't like, we don't need to like <laughs> crucify her for it. Brandy started this. She <laughs> started this season, like in, in like in a deficit, like she was already in the hole. I feel like this is just something to help her build up some points so she can be like, you know, whatever, whatever in the future with Tiffany. It was very transparent to me. She basically <clears throat> said it in her confessional. She, she she didn't use these words, but because of her white guilt, she can't confront <laughs> Tiffany. I forget what she said, but she did say, like, because of what I did, I can't say she anything wasn't to Tiffany. going at her as hard as she yeah. either would or wanted to, but something to the effect of she was holding yeah. back. Yeah, the cricket thing was tough. I do think it was all just part of... Like, I think at the end of the day, Tiffany does want to be in with these women. Of course you would. Who doesn't want to get along with your coworkers, essentially? There was something else. There was another moment, too, where they were going around talking about their pizzas and Stephanie made, like, like a basic pizza. She's like, I have, like, tomato sauce and pesto and cheese. It's like, okay. And Tiffany said, um, what'd she say? She said something like 10-year-old, 10-year-old palate or something like that meaning to be funny, meaning to have like a joke with Stephanie. And I don't know if Stephanie even got like a talking head after it or something, but it's just like Tiffany is trying and she's stumbling, but she's still trying. There's just a lot of food fights this year. I don't, I don't know why all of (laughs) Tiffany's like drama is food related, but it is. Yeah. Tiffany might want to try and take them to a museum next or something. Let's get out (laughs) to the food zone with these girls. Uh, So that's it with Dallas. Anthony, you want to lead Salt Lake City? Sure, yes. Okay, I I loved this first part of the reunion. I have never, I was watching it. I watched it three times. I don't do that anymore. Um, I used to do it a lot back in like 2013 with Housewives. So I watched episodes multiple times. I can't tell you the number of times I've seen each episode of season three of New York City. I'll say that. <laughs> I watched this three times. This was incredible. Not only was this great for a first season reunion, you could put this first part, at least. There's no reason to believe the others won't be as good, hopefully. You could put this part up against like a Housewives in its 10th season. And like the reunion would hold up as being great. The set looked incredible. It was the first kind of non-ridiculous set I've seen in a while. I think like the New York set was pretty awful. Like they had weird carpets going in every direction. It was like a junkyard sale. I loved like the Winter Wonderland thing. Um, 
Yeah, I just want to say that I loved it. What I <laughs> didn't love, and I'm curious about how you all feel. I don't know. I don't know that Andy should keep asking, even if they come from other people, the questions that he tends to ask about, like, who wants to be honest about their face work? Mary, why did your hair look so bad? Who, like, who, you know what I mean? Who wants to be honest about their surgeries? Is it time to drop these questions, even if they're coming from an audience? What do we think? I personally think it is. Listen, here's the thing. You know, when we're watching these shows, I feel like I'm watching because I want to see an extravagant lifestyle. You know, if Heather has the beauty lab, I can see Jen go and get her face plumped there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So to me, I just kind of feel like it's it's insulting to a certain degree because I feel like it almost makes it seem like it's it kind of comes across negative every time he asked the question about what they've had done, you know, especially the question with Mary and her wigs. Yes, they were bad, but they were. Do we need to does he really need to go to the insult with with their looks? Right. That's what I don't like. Yeah. And when they want to share it, they share it. We've seen like surgeries and face plumps and all of that on the show. So yeah, when they want to share it, they'll share it. And if not, just mind your own business. And then he didn't really do it this time, but I think it was Potomac when someone did answer, maybe Karen, she answered. And then he said like, that's all you got done. Are you sure? Yeah. Qualifying the answers is not the luck. Yeah. Asking the questions isn't the luck, but if they, but if they answer them, you can't like hold their feet to the fire. I also didn't love how, how many people did the question that got to Jen pass through where it was like for a woman in your fifties, you you certainly throw a lot of temper tantrums. Like I understand that that might've come from, I mean, I'll assume it did come from someone else and you know, those questions aren't made in like a, a Bravo factory somewhere with someone else's names on them. But even so that passed through people who, who know damn well that Jen is in her fifties. Not that that would be like, that would be fine. But it just seemed shitty that it that it was even asked or like that was the the qualifier before the question. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was awful. We've seen it get worse with time, but I feel like Andy is trying to be above all of these women and simultaneously like throw himself in the mix, knowing that he's kind of untouchable. So like he wants to get down and dirty and like come for these women, some of which he clearly has biases towards, but then he knows that they can't really come back at him. Yeah. And if you can, like if you like when Monique said that, you know, she didn't need the job, like that's the worst thing you can tell him. Like you, he oh, yeah. wants you to be down, beholden to it was him downhill and, like, and all of that. And that's, from there. It's downhill from there. I mean, there were other problems. But like once she said that, I was like, oh, she's gone. Like he's gone. You can tell by he the way he re, 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 like received that. Mm-hmm. He was pissed. So I don't know why he feels the need to do this with these women. I don't get it. I think he should stop. I think it's making him look uh, very Ellen-like, honestly. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> but it's like the kind of stuff they said that Ellen would do. Like, it seems like mean and unnecessary. Like, you know. I did think that hey. he spent a little bit too much time on Jen with that question. Yeah, I'm surprised that they still have, not that they still have Andy do the reunions, but I feel like there are topics that are coming up on these cities. I mean, most recently, Potomac, that Andy isn't equipped to kind of 
bring up, moderate, or that people want to hear him kind of talking about. Like, I can't believe we haven't gotten someone else involved in the hosting of these reunions, certainly when big issues are cropping up on cities. I mean, not not necessarily Salt Lake this year, but you would just think for a show about like female female dynamics and friendships and things that in many ways, Andy just doesn't really have any like entry into. I can't believe we haven't started like bringing someone else in a woman. I thought least. we did. We brought or, in Mary from Salt Lake in the reunion. She did a great job. <laughs> she was Didn't incredible. She? Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's jump to Mary because there were two people who kind of like were shooting stars for me for this reunion. Loved all of them. But Mary is one of them. Uh, I have uh, has Mary ever been this like clear with her words, making sense? I was like completely impressed with her reunion performance. How did you all feel? I thought she was great. Yeah, it was, I mean she she has years of being at the pulpit, over talking people and talking down to them. She's a natural. Like, <laughs> And then she also is able to have, like, she has an emotional intelligence that we didn't really recognize she had. And then she just went on and flexed them bad boy muscles out there for everybody. And I was like, well, you got, there is some this message is what to the happens when you let her out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're better for it. True. She was on, she was on fire. I mean, two of what are probably the many points that she made that I was impressed with when she told Heather, you know, you have to be, you have to find friends who are f- like friends to you, as opposed to just kind of like Heather saying she would always be there for Jen because that's kind of what she does. And then the second was, forgive me, I forget kind of like the correct build up to it, but it was something comparing the way the way Heather and Jen interact and the way Jen and Mary interact. And I forget kind of like the lead up, but at the ending was Mary saying, you know. I don't want to be your friend, Jen. That's the difference. Don't you get it? And I was kind of like, my mind is blown. Like that made so much sense. I'm very into Mary after part one of this reunion. Where where was she this whole time? In the closet. In the closet. In the closet. Yeah. In the closet. I've never, I was like good on Mary going into the reunion. I was like, I think I've done Mary. And now all I want is more Mary next season. And I think so much of it was because we saw her shut down throughout the season when like the grandfather stuff was brought up by Jen. So I think she had these topics she didn't really want to talk about and they made her uncomfortable. But now she's seen the season and she knows they were talked about. So she came kind of just not giving a fuck. (laughs) And I'm ready for her to call someone fat in this reunion. (laughs) We know she's good for it. We know she's good for it. Mary gives me Kim Richards vibes. 100%. I see that. And I appreciate it because that's what is missing in Beverly Hills. But I could go down a rabbit hole with that. (laughs) Not necessary here because we already agree. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Once a week, I say out loud to anyone who will listen how I can't believe Beverly Hills gets as much attention as it does. It's, It's truly one of the worst housewives. I lo- what I love about Kim and about Mary is that things make so much sense to them and they just don't understand how it cannot make sense to everybody else. <laughs> and I hated that when I was raised with it, but I love it watching it on TV. <laughs> that brand of crazy is not good to raise people, but it's entertaining to me. 
Now, this Mary Mary had a great reunion. I just want to mention this moment. It's a delicate moment, but they put it in the show, so I want to talk about it. Uh, Heather is tearing up watching Jen talk about her her father's death and how Sharif maybe wasn't there, couldn't go to the funeral, maybe wasn't there as much as she would have liked. And Andy goes, Heather, you're tearing up. And Heather says, you know, my dad passed away in April. And then Mary very quietly says, mine did too. And the cast was like, I, I didn't know that. And she says, yes, and smiles. <laughs> I don't have a question. I just wanted, I just wanted to talk about that again, because it, it's a very, it's a very odd. It's a very kind of odd moment. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. <laughs> I was so, I, I, honestly, I didn't, I was so focused on Heather. I didn't even hear Mary say that. So that was a revelation just now to me. <laughs> Okay, it's worth it's worth going back to watch, and I'm I can't even really explain why. Go back. Yeah, Heather said my dad passed away in April, and Mary quietly says mine did too, and the cast is shocked, and she says yeah, and smiles, and then but that's where they leave it. Like no one, there's not like no one says anything else after it. It's odd. Um, It was like it was it was yeah mm, yeah you didn't know that Mm, yeah (laughs) yeah yes yes. I feel like I've stepped into some delicate territory. So I'm going to tippy-toe out of it and go on to my second kind of rising star. Guys, we have to talk about Lisa Barlow because I I was hoping (laughs) that's what this was about. Yeah. Yeah. I have fallen in love with Lisa kind of as the season has ended. She kind of started like cresting for me. I didn't think I knew what we had. And this reunion, Lisa... Lisa showed me. I I loved her. She makes no sense. Her ego is so big, and yet all I want is more. Well, I think <laughs> that editing played a big part in that, in a way where I think that's her, and I like the Lisa that we're getting now. But in the beginning, to have all this footage from Meredith's birthday party, where Lisa just walks around and say, well, it's actually my birthday, and we didn't see that until now, we could have loved Lisa from the beginning. It's not our fault True. that we didn't. <laughs> no, you're right. And I would have, I, I would have, I would have loved it. She's like, she's like if Bethany, Teresa, and Ramona were one person. And that's like everything. And Leah Remini, a little bit of Leah Remini. That's <laughs> what we're getting from Lisa. Like the things she says makes no sense. She says, I walked in, my hair was great, I had a beautiful dress on. And that sentence wasn't connected to the rest of the thought. She just wanted to talk about how beautiful she was. Then later on, then she rolls footage to something that doesn't back her up. It actually negates the point. And then lastly, at one point, Mary says that Lisa makes people feel less than. And Lisa says, where's the quote? I take that with a grain of salt. It's constructive criticism. I'm open to it. What, what does that mean? I think someone might have to tell Lisa, Lisa what a grain of salt is. Um, but yeah, I'm open. Please tell me. Uh, let me hear all of your Lisa thoughts because I can't get enough. Lisa saw she was the weakest link and she turned it around, in my opinion. Because if I look back at the season, Lisa was the character that I liked least. She like You can say that Meredith is boring because she disengages, but Meredith was still more interested in Lisa. And I feel like once Lisa started going to bat for Jen, that kind of changed how I looked at her. And then she went kind of against, actually, to be honest, I loved her ever since she was really, really nasty with, <laughs> with Whitney. 
and she called Me Meredith too. instead of Whitney. <laughs> yes. That whole thing, I was like, so you're going to play yeah. like that. You're going to act like you don't, she don't matter. Okay. So, like, that was the beginning of me liking her. Same. I think that she saw that there was something that she needed to do, and she's doing it now. And I'm glad she's doing it because it's entertaining as hell. That's why I think she's I think that. I think that Lisa went into this thinking I'm going to show the best parts of myself and that's my business. My everything is thriving for me. But I also think that can work against you with production, because once production can zero in on something about you, then they're going to magnify that. We saw that with Wendy and the four degrees. Right. We saw that first season with Monique and the four homes. Mm -hmm. So they're going to take that. And they're going to give you that character. And they gave her that I am perfect character. I am only concerned about my business character. But to me, Lisa needed someone to wind her up. And that was Heather and Whitney. And they did their jobs correctly. Unfortunately, it only happened right at the beginning and then right at the end. But then Heather stirred it all up again. All it takes is for Heather to open her mouth and Lisa is triggered. (laughs) That's true. I personally love Lisa. I loved her even when they were giving her the perfect edit or she was giving herself that perfect edit. But I like her even more now because I feel like now she has a reason to exist in this housewife space. Yeah, she's destined for greatness. Like I see her sitting next to Andy next season. I I truly didn't know what we had. And it was like a flower like opening in front of me as these like last few episodes aired. Incredible. I want to dig in a little bit more to like what is going on with Lisa and then you know Lisa versus uh Heather and Whitney. Like what is what is that? Are they just on like different different sides of the Mormon coin and it's clashing? I think that Heather and Whitney have this like kind of like takeover energy. They they have really good things about them, energy that makes people like really, really like them. And I think that it comes in a way that Lisa can't necessarily do. Like they come across as like, you know, genuine and funny and relatable and everything that Lisa does not come across as. And I think that that's kind of like, you know, they both, Lisa has her strengths, Heather, Whitney have their strengths, but they don't have what the other has. So they're like against each other. Like they're just, they'd be better suited as friends, but I don't know if that can happen because I think they both are jealous of each other, if that makes sense. I love Heather, but I went kind of like early in the season loving Heather. So my my love for her has been sustained as we entered the reunion. But I could, I felt like I could tell Heather went in, into this reunion with a little bit of like people fucking love me energy. I felt a little bit of like a confidence with every t- everything, everything she said and like the DM from Rihanna. She felt very like the audience was on her side in some ways. Not that that's a, a good or bad thing, but I felt like I could pick up a little bit of like that post first season. Oh, I'm, I didn't realize I'm the fan favorite kind of energy. Did you all feel that? I, I felt a little bit of added comfort from her, but I could not tell if that was because she had chosen very early on to exist in this space as herself, right? Mm -hmm. It seemed Mm -hmm. to me like she didn't come into this with any preconceived notions of what what she was supposed to be as a housewife. She just presented herself and her issues. And I think there is probably a little bit of comfort in that when you do reality television, you've let the walls down and people have seen who you are 
and they love you for it. So I think maybe she went into it with a little bit of that energy as well. So it was partly, I think, some of what you said, that confidence. But I think it was also with the knowledge that I gave it all, you know, to you guys. And I'm just here now. I wonder, too, I think it was said at the reunion, kind of like going back to the Heather and Whitney versus Lisa. Is it is it just that Heather and Whitney are interpreting Lisa in a in kind of a different way than than maybe Meredith or or Jen do, or is it that Lisa is looking down on them, seeing herself as better? I think Lisa and Meredith are from a different social circle than mm. Whitney and Heather, and I do think that Jen wanted maybe not now seeing that fans like Heather, maybe she'll go that side. But I do think like just from a class level I think she wanted to be in the Meredith and Lisa group so I think that Whitney and Heather already felt like those two women were acting like they were above them but now to see Jen actively like try to push towards that as well I think that is triggering as well does that make sense yeah Yeah. definitely like that group when they had that little like tent luncheon or whatever it was um (laughs) i feel like those women are meredith and lisa's like space oh that boring ass lunch (laughs) and the english was so boring (laughs) yeah yeah no that makes sense and that is like that kind of i i get it's not like class perception but that kind of like divide as it exists is like a really interesting thing that's kind of like been brought up as a through line toward at least the last half of the of the season. I'm excited to see like if they kind of like where that goes and if people like rearrange their alliances based on the perception that the public has of them. Like is now everyone, not Lisa, going to be like flocking to Heather to make sure that like they're buddies with Heather. That'll be interesting to see. Let's let's move on to Jen, who uh, traditionally I've been uh, hot and cold on as the season has kind of has kind of gone on. I like a more subdued Jen. Like uh, Jen was giving us emotions. I felt like she was being honest. I have to. I laughed a little bit when Andy asked her if she offered an apology to Heather for, I guess, ha- having to run after her. And in the moment, Jen goes, "I'm sorry, Heather," and Andy <laughs> just goes, "I mean, that was good." That was good. That was funny. We finally learned what Jen does. It didn't make sense to me, but I guess I understand how it might afford her that lifestyle. I mean, everyone everyone seemed okay with it. <laughs> I was going to Google it, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, something. I, all I heard was SEO, but she didn't even say that word. Like that's just what I heard. That's what I heard as she explained it. Something with like shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Jen Brooks and Meredith. Do we think that Jen filmed Meredith smoking cigarettes? Well, go ahead, Richie. I'm sorry. No, I was just waiting to hear what you guys had to say because I'd almost forgotten about this moment. Nobody's acting like it, but is it more than a cigarette? Like, they're talking about weed, right? She was smoking. She wasn't just smoking a cigarette. Oh, I, I, I took it for its word and just assumed, like, I assumed they got trashed that night. <laughs> and, like, Mer- and Meredith had a cigarette. This isn't something rare for Jen though. Isn't Jen, Jen took a photo of Mer or a video of Meredith at the hotel with that guy she was seeing. So I just instinctively kind of like took, 
I was like, oh, this seems like a gen thing. Like I believed oh. Meredith. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I'm I'm open to hearing other other thoughts. I'm just gonna tell you what I thought. I I don't know, you know, who or if anybody here on the panel is a smoker, but I took it to mean like, oh, she was recording her smoking a cigarette. And I was thinking, who still smokes? And so I thought maybe it was that because I felt like people smoke weed all the time. So I didn't, I, I think, I thought it can't be that. It's actually a cigarette and that's archaic. So I was like, maybe it's that. Cause you know, they never typically show any of the housewives smoking cigarettes, but we've seen snippets of something that looks like it on New York with like Luann and Dorinda, but mm -hmm. we never actually saw them. And then I think there was one time that we saw this really sinister scene with Lisa Vanderpump shaking and pulling the cigarette up to her lips <laughs> as she was about to leave Puerto Rico. You know, I mean, yes. so that's, I feel like I the it. only time we've really seen it. Yeah. It, it's, it's with Lisa and Ken, right. And they're outside just like, mm -hmm. how did this happen? Like waiting for their plane. And yeah. then Dana lighting it with the candle, of course. <laughs> of That's course. Moment we can't yeah, which is so I guess yeah. <laughs> that would make sense why Brooks would be mad about her smoking because he wouldn't be mad if she was smoking weed. That's what I that's the way I took it. He does seem like that kid that would be like, You said you were gonna stop smoking. Uh, so yeah, and I, can, I get that. I get that as a child. Yeah. Like I yeah. <laughs> Someone might have to educate me uh, uh, if there's more than what they showed on the show. Did did Jen attack Brooks on social media or what was Meredith alluding to? Because they, they showed Jen saying, you're going to believe what a white privileged family says, but I didn't consider that a soul. I didn't consider that a Brooks specific attack. Is there more? He likes a lot of stuff that people say bad about Brooks. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I do know. It's a like just as bad as saying something. Just in yes. general, I'm it's, asking. It's shady. Question. It's shady. Okay. I, like I if I was gonna like block somebody, yeah. If I was gonna block somebody for saying something slick to me, I'm gonna block whoever liked it too. Mm. Both out. Ah, is follow up question. Where uh, in this conversation, Meredith says, you know, not kids are off limits, but some version of like Brooks is my child, which he is, but he is not a child. Is Brooks off limits? No. Or is he? <laughs> he's not off know. limits Avery's not off limits <laughs> these are Melania people. is not off limits no I'm just kidding <laughs> so it's like I mean I get it like you want to protect your kid in that way but they come on TV they sign the waiver they're in the stories I would never say anything bad about you know any child under the age I'll even say 18 under the age of 18 but you're in your 20s now and you you know, and, you play the game, you win the prizes. And you chose not to go to college so that you could be on this show. Let's let's say it. So you're on the show. <laughs> that now. really gets Donnie. <laughs> that really gets you. That's that's not something <laughs> you're gonna forget. I mean he was, his... he was learning e-commerce. <laughs> okay. I mean it, it paid off for him. His his $74 sweatpants were sold out sold out online. So. <laughs> Sold out. <laughs> Ten pairs left, maybe, you guys. Maybe, maybe he could have had like a whole line, though, if he would have like, I don't know, stayed at FIT or wherever he was. <laughs> but he does get a lot of hate online. Like I saw him on Twitter. He was like, you know, I'm in New York. And then somebody was like, leave. So it's like people, <laughs> people do come from hard on social media. So, um, this, is, 
Yeah, this is a good follow. Okay, so a good follow up question to me might be Brooks is fair game. He's a adult participant in this show. Even if he is fair game, does Brooks maybe get more hate than is warranted? Not that any, not that any hate is warranted. That's not kind of what I mean. Um, are people a little ha- harder on Brooks than? I'm thinking. I'm thinking of some other housewives' kids who are awful. I don't know if anyone will remember Shane Keogh, who screamed at his mother for attending his his baseball game. And now the only thing I can think about him now is how attractive he is. So yeah, no, Shane's hot though. That's different. <laughs> That's different. That's a different story. He's just you know his blood runs hot. He. That's it. That's just good old all American red blooded stuff right there. I think Brooks he threatened, is a story. Brooks I think is he threatened his mom with a bat. And the only thing I could think about him today is like, damn, her son was handsome. <laughs> so, okay, let, let's back let's back away from that problematic thought. Does Brooks get more, like more hate than he should? I think Definitely. it's easier to hate on femininity than masculinity. So like if Shane is doing problematic things. It's like brushed under the rug because it's not like a moment. Like even reality, well, no, reality TV, if you think about all the like big reality TV moments, it's always women usually, but that's just a like femininity issue. And I think that's, this is going into like (laughs) deeper, but I think that's why like bottom shaming is a thing too, because really it's just hating on the feminine traits. So I think because Brooks does, come across with this feminine energy, I think he is lumped into or seen as another female character. So you can just like write him off as a bitch and off as cold and all of that stuff. The same kind of arguments that we would see if he were a woman. I agree with that. I do. He he gets a lot of hate that he shouldn't get. It's sometimes, I mean, I've seen it. And I'm like, wow, that's like really, that's really cold how people talk to him. And I'm surprised when I see the people that it's coming from like, of course, there's a little bit of like crabs in a barrel with gays sometimes. But like I see it from like women who I wouldn't think would feel as strongly against them as they do. Like that's what shots me. I think that it has, I mean, for me and kind of just watching the landscape, it seems really like it has a lot to do with the fact that he is so opinionated and he has so much to say about the storyline that's occurring, right? So whereas a lot of other kids on the show where they're just kind of popping in and they may be doing something bad or there may be a specific issue, he's providing commentary about the cast and the storylines. And he seems like a storyline in and of himself, specifically because he stayed home from school to debut this fashion line on the show. So I think that because of that, and also he kind of talks like he's a little bit like not Lisa better than, but just, I don't know, like very privileged. (laughs) And I think it bothers people. I honestly do. Yeah. 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 This isn't the year for nepotism. There's a lot of financial (laughs) hardship this year and watching somebody get a fashion show handed to them when, of course, there's one piece of fashion. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and you get a fashion show for that. Like that's kind of yeah, that's kind of a big thing to happen. All I of that makes that. sense, of course. I and did like when Mary I, said they're a little different, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> she tried to get a nice little like, no, they're different. And she motioned to herself. Um, 
Yeah, his I name also, is on the side and stuff. <laughs> I also think one of Brooke's biggest sins might be in addition to everything that we laid out. You never get the sense that he cares if you like him or not. He never says anything self-deprecating. He never tries to be funny. I don't think we ever see him laugh. And I think those are things that tend to or can make, can endear people watching reality TV to the participants. And I don't know if it's like to his credit or not, but Brooks just doesn't seem concerned with it, which is kind of like interesting because I think everyone wants him to be like maybe a funny kind of smart ass, but there's none of that. Like there's almost no humor at all, which might make his more obvious cons like burn a little more brightly. Yeah. But this was a first, this is a great first part of the reunion. I'm so excited for the rest. I know we kind of jumped around a little bit. Is there anything that was on someone's mind about this reunion that I didn't mention that you want to call out or discuss? Xerox copies. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> it was a bad Xerox, babe. God, he was- dated himself, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I wanted to see what was on them or at least hear about them. You know, like don't just drop, don't drop the texts just because Daddy Andy can't read them. Get some glasses. <laughs> like Whitney was ready to read them, and he was just like, "We're moving on." Yeah, <laughs> it was like, "I'll let's." How about we tell you when you move on? I like that, that she was, was relatable enough to print them herself and not feel like she could ask somebody else to get it done for her. <laughs> I like Whitney for that. Yeah, I also I also liked Whitney saying she wanted to do to swing with a couple, and not even the couple, just Meredith. Like basically, <laughs> just Meredith. was like, That's "Who wants?" Who on this set do you want to have sex with? And she said, Meredith. Like, it was just like, not Seth, Meredith. That was good. She specifically said, not Seth, Meredith. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> She's like, leave Seth at home or Ohio, wherever he goes. <laughs> I guess um, now's okay. a good time. We do it every week. Richie, which South Salt Lake City husband do you find attractive? You can pick the oh. you can pick two. Pick two. <laughs> um, let's see. Mm. Probably Coach Shaw. Of course. I yeah. think he's the only real choice here. <laughs> and if you had to pick a second, <laughs> Whitney's first husband that we never saw. <laughs> Fair. Fair. The reason I think we played this game is because I've been very outspoken about my uh, my like for John attraction. Barlow. Call it attraction. Attraction to John Barlow. Attraction for John Barlow. John, what'd you say? What was that? I forgot about John. Does that change okay. your answer? No, <laughs> just forgot about him. <laughs> All right. And somehow okay. you've answered uh, Anthony's question. <laughs> Fair enough. We had we had luck with our guest last week, and it seems like that's probably where it stops. <laughs> All right. I think that's going to do us for Salt Lake for now. Uh, Quinn, take us to Atlanta. We start the episode off with Kenya and Marlo having a confrontation about the history of their acrimony. And they show acrimony. Clips. That was that Taraji P. Henson movie. Yeah, that's what that's why I said. <laughs> we we made full circles here. You got you got full circle. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go so ahead. So they show clips. They show clips to make the case for both sides, but there's really no conclusion because there's clips of them both being horrible to each other. (laughs) 
So my question is, do we really want, do we really think things will ever change between them? And do we really care if they do? <laughs> I don't care. I, I honestly don't care. I, I do feel to a certain degree that Marlowe has some need for Kenya's approval or attention for some reason. I, I can't quite say what it is. I almost feel like, and I hate saying this because I like Marlowe and I feel like she's much more interesting than what we've been given. But I almost feel like Marlo kind of needs a little bit of a leader on the show. And now that Nini's gone, I feel like Kenya's about to be it. Mm-hmm. That could be true. Yeah, I kind of I don't care if they if they repair whatever is is broken between them. Like I just I don't I don't really care. <laughs> because I also I think I think Marlo has said some pretty Ken, Kenya's no angel. I think Marlo has said some pretty awful things to Kenya. Um so it, it doesn't surprise me that Kenya has a wall up with her. And I, yeah, I don't know. There is something, like you said, uh, Marlo wants Kenya to like her, but you can't kind of say awful things to someone and then be surprised when you, when they don't have, you don't have favor with them. So that's kind of like a, would you expect situation? Yeah. I think Kenya only truly gets along with people that don't push back at all. So because there is a past, even if Marlo is sorry and wants to move forward, I don't think that Kenya is one to forgive people for ever crossing her. No, no, I don't think so either. I don't think Marlo is willing to do the penance that it would take to even (laughs) get a a couple of moments of niceness from Kenya ever. Yeah. That dog won't hunt. (laughs) I do. I think that because we do know that they become cool again, and I think that Kenya is strategic enough, and this is not a diss towards Kenya. It's just, I just think that she's strategic enough to know that the more players that she has on her side, the better, especially because the beef with her and Portia is not going anywhere. I don't know. I think she'd be better. I think I could see Kenya repairing things with Drew and going a different direction to get the number she needed rather than going back to Marlo personally. I think Marlo has said things or whatever that I don't think Kenya will, she probably could forgive them, but I don't think she wants to. Well, right. Richie, you said they're cool now. Mm-hmm. Oh. They've even posted photos together on Instagram. So I know that they made up and I know that Marlo and Portia are not getting along now. Mm. So oh. that's why oh, I said, I, I felt like this is strategic and I feel like Kenya wants the numbers so that she can further continue to try to alienate Portia. But Portia also has the numbers, but in friends of the show only. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Johnny, mm. edit that out so I don't look stupid. Um, <laughs> all right. I That's was interesting. It's interesting, though, that Marlo and Kenya are, Marlo, Marlo and Kenya are on good terms now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Said, okay, interesting. Never thought I would live to see the day, but it was snowing in Texas. So it was, you know, hell froze over, maybe. Huh. And now, I, now I do care. I'm happy. <laughs> So, <laughs> so now another thing that's going on during this um, outing with no chaperone or host or whatever, Kenya <laughs> decides to go to bed at 9.30 p.m. without saying anything to anybody, not coming down. I mean, not coming down. She says she's going to be with Brooklyn. And this, ah. of course, upsets. Oh, he got receipts. Okay. Oh, okay. Ew. Oh, wow. Fun. Oh, my God. They my look God. good, too. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whose page is that? Very on? wrong of me. Kenya's. Hmm. Well, it was from October 22nd. Oh, wow. I can't wait to watch that fall apart. So <laughs> she she goes to bed with at 930. She says she's going to be with Brooklyn. 
So the rest of the ladies get upset by this. They try to like have fun or whatever. Candy goes to talk to her. She tells Candy she's not coming down. All the ladies get upset. And then they all decide to go to bed too. So now we get this theme that we've seen kind of in like Potomac to like the women get upset because they're not able to bring their children and somebody brings their child. Like what would a girl's trip look like with the children brought? And would we, would we want to see this? No. You know, they did it last season when they went to, where did they go? Whatever the cast trip was, didn't both Kenya and Portia bring their daughters to on one of those trips, I believe? They we never did. really saw them. So I feel like it can be done. So if everybody brings their kids and then everybody brings a nanny. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess it kind of depends on what the rules are for this whole situation. But then there's this other side of me that thinks, you know, for some of them, I'm sure and honestly, like in the back of their mind, wouldn't you want to get away from the kid for just one, like just a weekend? Like, I I get the mommy guilt of it all, but there has to be a certain part of them that said that wants to just be free for a second if they can but I maybe it's because they get to be free quite kind of regularly because of the show, right? I do think part of it's because they don't get the option to. I think if they had the option to, they could say like, no, I want to be free this week or whatever. But now that they weren't even given that option, it kind of gives them the power to take that stance and have that higher ground saying like, you're pulling me away from my baby. Whereas they might not have wanted to be with the baby, but now they can act like, not even act like, I'm sure it is an issue to see this woman with her baby when you don't have yours, but I'm sure the freedom is nice as well. (laughs) So girls trips with baby options. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, uh, we saw, I think we, the first time we saw it was Potomac and now we're seeing it in Atlanta. I don't love, and I hope there's no kind of, impetus to continue this kind of let let's let's let so-and-so bring her baby but like we'll only give it that option to her like from production's end right. or whoever whoever from behind the scenes is saying like kenya you can take uh brooklyn but that message isn't getting across you know what i mean like i don't love the mining of story for something as delicate as mother's emotions when it comes to guilt and their kids that just feels like an ugly place for housewives to go i felt like it probably popped popped up organically on potomac i'll give it the benefit of the doubt and say it popped up organically on atlanta but i hope this isn't something where it's like in other cities now we're going to kind of lay the groundwork for this story that just feels ugly to me it's it's a delicate kind of thing well hopefully it's like fool me once shame on me fool me twice shame on or opposite you know what i'm saying um <laughs> george bush I, here yeah, <laughs> if i was a housewife in a different city you saw this happen twice now so like if i was invited yeah. on a vacation i would say can i bring my baby or not is anyone else bringing their baby I know yes. that uh, from Kenya, from her tweet earlier, when the next cast trip that they go on to New Orleans, that no one brings their kids. Mm. Well, at least the rest mm. of the cast does. Adam, I'm not I'm not clear if she included herself in that, but she just <laughs> she really did make that clear in her tweets from last night. What did she say? Just that. Let me go back to my trusted Twitter <laughs> receipt folder. Not a Xerox copy. <laughs> not a Xerox. 
<laughs> Don't go to um, Kinko's. Okay. What does she say? Can you like some anti-Brooks tweets while you're on your phone? Oh my gosh. <laughs> now that I know what to like, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, she says this. She says, I don't need to give them an option. No one can tell you not to bring your child, not production, not an employer, nor me. Now, I don't know about that employer part. But anyway, she says, and no one brought their child on the next trip, even though they were told that they could. Mm, Well. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. I I will say I I got the sense that Let's 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 take Brooklyn out of it. Like I got the sense that even if Brooklyn wasn't there, Kenya didn't want to be with those women after she went to bed. Well, and I'll just and I'll just yeah, I'll just say on that. Watch What Happens Live. Candy basically said that Kenya had texted the nanny and told her to bring the uh, baby right then, right after that argument with Marlo. That's why she was so upset when she went to her room and got chastised by Kenya and then went, came back downstairs. Oh, wow. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I, I, I think Kenya well, just kind of... Info. Yeah, Kenya just seemed like she was taking her toys and going home. She just didn't want to be with the women. Yeah. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Which they used her words against... way to do a trip. It is, but they used her words against her too because she said, let's play a game. The game is count to three and go to bed. But then just because she said the word game, then they said later, like, you said you were going to play the game and then you didn't. But in her head, (laughs) she never was going to play that game. The game was take your ass to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) So then the next morning, Kenya, she gets confronted by Candy. I guess you can go to confrontation. And um, Kenya breaks down and says everything that I feel would have been better served to be said to the women that she was spending this time with if she wanted to support. And, um, and Candy says she's going through a lot. So we do we feel that Kenya being more vulnerable in this situation, would it serve her purpose better to be that way with these women and not just, you know, basically until she can't hold it anymore? And only doing it with like somebody like Candy. Like, should she, does she, should she trust these women enough to open up with them like this? What do you do when you have to go to work? Like, she has to go to work and you're not in the mindset for it, which clearly I think was the case for Candy. I think had she opened up to them earlier on and just said, listen, this is what's, this is what I'm dealing with, you know, and it's by circumstance, it's not by choice. I think that they probably would have rallied around her to help her with making the plans. But, you know, Kenya has a way of unfortunately alienating people and doing things that tend to only serve her benefit, such as ordering lunch for herself when she is hosting a group of women. You know, that order could have easily turned into, ladies, I'm ordering lunch. Give me your orders. You know, what, whatever that may be, you yeah. know, so because she has that problem it's hard for them to connect with anything that she says or does because they're always looking at her through a veil of suspicion. Definitely. I don't, I'm probably skipping ahead a little bit. Kenya, Kenya doesn't inspire the village to want to help her. Like she doesn't inspire village ship from people. Right. So she wants that, but there's a little bit of like, she has to give a version of that. Or, or, of course, show her emotions, be honest with the group. And I, it's probably, it's probably hard for her to be honest with 
it seems it seems easy for her to be honest with people like Candy, Cynthia, everyone else, and 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 uh, who's the one she's in love with? Latoya. 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 I'm sure it's easy for her to be <laughs> vulnerable with Latoya as well, maybe to an extent. But I don't think Kenya doesn't want to give anything to people who she thinks don't deserve it. But then she can't want everyone to want to help her. Yeah. And it's a shame. It's a shame because I don't think Drew came from a bad place when she brought it up at dinner. So Kenya needs to pick, not feel so attacked and pick up on that. Like who is not on my side, but isn't coming from a bad place. Portia, she had, you know, she was on her phone and she was clearly doing whatever she was doing. Marlo, same thing. But these other women aren't against you. So just remember that. And then you can go to them, even if it's not in front of these other women that are obviously against you, go to them and show this tenderness and vulnerability. But now she just lumped them all together. Yeah. I wish that Drew hadn't opened that conversation up with, I want to play a game of who's realist and fakest. Now that Mm. really doesn't inspire open dialogue specifically when you then direct it towards one person. So I got why Kenya was on the defensive right there. I missed but that. So I agree with you then. Yes. She, she did make up for it. I think later with her, I, what I felt like was a very astute observation of how Kenya was behaving towards the other women. But I think by that point in time, the message was lost because all she, all Kenya heard was fake. Yeah, Drew's intentions were good, but she started out with something that, like, you hear that right away, and no one, or, or if you're on the receiving end of it, you don't want to hear what's coming after. Um, but her, but her, the like meat of what she was trying to do was was good. But yeah, that was not not a great way to start to start that conversation. Yeah. Kenya could have also offered her a little grace, like. Yeah, it was a shitty way to start. I'm sure maybe like maybe production was like, hey, why don't you go like <laughs> say you want to have this conversation, start it this way. And Kenya, who has been on the show for a while, pro- could have chosen, not that she would have, to offer uh, Drew a little grace and understand this is the new girl on the cast who normally like the new women normally don't have to kind of bring up that conversation with a table, like a last supper table full of 57 people. Like that was a large crew. So can you like, normally it's like five or six. So, um, you know, it would have been kind. I feel like Kenya could have like met what Drew was trying to do and understanding like, this is, this is like a moment Drew has, you know, Teddy couldn't do it on Beverly Hills. Remember Teddy's attempts at trying oh to bring things up. All right, I don't Teddy. remember Teddy. I don't know. Who's Teddy. Who's yeah. <laughs> For the best, for the best. I think Teddy even was like, know. sorry, I'm sweating. I'm awkward. <laughs> Get her off TV. What's happening here? I think that Kenya being so defensive is part of the course, considering she can't take responsibility for the environment that she created or creates. <laughs> so, you know, when everything, when you're a hammer, everything is a nail. And I think that's the story of Kenya. Oh, mm. um, Portia. <laughs> Portia called Kenya Maleficent, which I thought was hilarious. But inaccurate. Now, I'm going to tell y'all why it's inaccurate. Now, I'm going to put some context on this. Maleficent was provoked, kind of. You know, she was not invited to the event. Everybody else was invited. She wasn't. And when she showed up and confronted them, she got the worst excuse for not being invited anywhere ever. 
which is we didn't think you'd come. <laughs> now, to me, I feel that that warranted some kind of retaliation on Maleficent's part. <laughs> I don't see that with Kenya. I see Kenya as being somebody who looks really inviting and they seem really nice, but they're vicious as fuck. So I see Kenya as Lotso Bear from Toy Story 3. Oh. <laughs> There's... There is a history there that she can't get past. And if you cross her for self-preservation, she will cut your head off. That is the villain that I see her as. So I opened up this question. Who do you think Kenya is most like in the Disney realm or villain birth? Is Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. I wasn't prepared for that. I had strong feelings about it. I had strong feelings about it from the minute I heard it. Because I'm like, that's not accurate. Because they be messing with Maleficent, okay? That's why she got her own movie. Uh, two movie. You know two. when you think when yeah. you say Disney, the only thing I'm thinking about right now is WandaVision. So I, I'm lost uh. on that one. I wish I could. I wish I could give you that good response, but all I'm thinking about is the next episode of WandaVision. That's so good. That's oh my so god! Do you, do you people keep that? trying to tell me online how it's not good. And I'm like, I'm not listening to you. It's good. It's amazing. <laughs> Do you know Vanessa from The Little Mermaid? Oh. <laughs> yes. So she's Ursula, because that's who Vanessa was. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm still staying. I'm still sticking with it. Yes. Um, Vanessa. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. I think Scar. <laughs> First of all, they have the same hair. That It's laid. Second. <laughs> <laughs> there, really is was no second. there is no second the yeah. first was good enough <laughs> yeah my points were made yeah oh that's funny y'all. <laughs> so um another thing that happened <laughs> was we see them gearing up for the brianna taylor verdict which of course we all know was infuriating and unjust and i felt a little bit like i was in back to the future i wanted to like bust out delorean come back wait no <laughs> don't get your hopes up it's not gonna be good <laughs> But, you know, they sit down and they watch it and we get this big reaction from them, which is, of course, warranted of, you know, the injustice that Breonna Taylor uh, got. So, like, I I like this version of Housewives. I like the, these, like, issues that are important and watching how they handle them. Um, is that agreed with the panel? The panel is y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, of course. I definitely yeah. agree with that. I, I like that they gave it the moment that it deserved. Yeah, and it, they let kind of each of the women, I believe every every one of like the main cast got to have at least like a confessional or kind of give their opinions and feelings and frustrations. And yeah, I I, I like when they show when they show things that are real that are really happening in the, in the world. You know, I I like it on the show. I think it's good for it to be on the show. I agree. I know as when the season first started, I know a lot of people were saying like, this should be its own spinoff, but I do like that. It was woven, woven, weaving, woven, woven in, weaved in, woven. woven. <laughs> Thank you. Woven. Wait, is it weaved? I don't know. <laughs> it's woven, woven, woven. I like okay. that. It was woven in, um, so that people who wouldn't go out of their way to watch this were forced to watch it. Okay. Yeah. But I do feel like the segment at the end when they, when it was like the montage of them saying, say her name, I do feel like that was Bravo saying like, 
we're done with this now. You're getting dick. <laughs> like, like bolos come in. I do feel like that is, it seemed like we're done being serious. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that seemed like we're done being serious. The rest of the season is going to be drama. Next week, dick in a box. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I agree. And that's what we're going to get. We're going to get dick in a box. <laughs> we mm-hmm. are yeah it's and tongue too from what we from what i see yeah yeah i like that i mean it, it it's hard to jump around from like getting ready from bolo from brianna taylor from like fighting at dinner like th- those are hard kind of jumps to make but they're all a necessary yeah yeah and i i do like that donnie i think what you were what you said was that um you know, these are these are real women and these are black women and you can't just tune in to get them like being shitty to each other at dinner. We're not going to like lift up, lift up the um, like the Breonna Taylor parts and put it in a special just because like it might be sensitive for you. Right. So I do like I do like that. I agree. Well, and that wraps up Atlanta. <laughs> All right. Does anyone have any final thoughts before we go? I think that was probably my favorite episode from this season of Atlanta. And I I kind of wish that they had just, they could have cut out at least three or four and a half episodes from the beginning of this season, because housewives to me works better when the women are in concert together, when they're Mm -hmm. in the scenes together And you have some sprinkles of what they're doing individually, you know, kind of at the beginning of the episode. And I do think that this is one of the things that Dallas has been getting right, is that they've been putting the women together from the very beginning of the season. It took Atlanta a very long time to get to this point where they're finally having to interact with each other. And that's really where the magic happens. So I'm excited about the rest of Atlanta season. And I feel like it's just getting started. I agree. And I feel like they even cut out a lot of what they had filmed before. Because how many episodes are left this season? Honestly, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot more left. It does. Because Bolo's next like week, like, so then all the fallout. Bolo fallout. <laughs> and we have a whole um, nother cast trip. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, are we, has there been, and I missed it, like a mid-season trailer? Not yet. It'll probably you be You know what they Bolo. did, though? They did a trailer for the trip, which I've never seen them do before. I felt like they did it because they knew that they needed to get people excited about the season again. I think that's right. That's the one where um, Kenya is dressed like Sharon Stone from Basic yep. Instinct, right? <laughs> that yeah. was one of the most, the, one of the wildest things I've ever seen. That, that was wild. I like, for my final thought or other thoughts, I like, I like when, when Candy, the, my favorite version of Candy is when she's pissed off. Mm. Like, I, I like it. I like when, when Candy, who's so kind of like even keeled, things, there are things that I think Candy should be irritated about that just roll off her or she's like a good sport about. So when she gets angry, I know like, oh, we've, you know, this candy isn't so sweet. Like something has, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Donnie, edit that out. No, I'm keeping um, that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like something pissed her off. And I, I like that. I like when she pulls, like when she pulled Kenya aside, she was like, what you did was fucked up. Like that's my favorite version of candy. Yeah. 
And I liked I liked to see it because normally she's so relaxed. My final thought is I want there to be a way for us to like understand. How can I put this? I want there to be for us a way for us to understand why so much of what's going on with Kenya is so like what's the word aggressive. Like, I don't know if we need to dive back into her backstory. I'm forgetting why I root for Kenya or why I want Kenya to be a better person. And I know she's going through a lot, but I feel like I would like to see more of why she's this way or I don't know, almost less of her to a certain extent, because like it's really getting tough for me to watch how I feel like she treats people. And I feel it's very unnecessary. And I would like to see I want something that humanizes her a bit more to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, because it's like getting tough. Like the crab cake thing, like in the laughing, like that was kind of the last straw with me. It was fun. Like, now you just doing stuff. Yeah. That's the way I feel. No, yeah. that makes sense. Definitely. My final thought is Richie came here today with so many like receipts and insider information <laughs> so that it really made me feel bad about myself. So as one of the hosts of this show, I feel like I need to step my game up. So by our next episode, I promise that I will subscribe to Bolo's OnlyFans so that I too can come prepared <laughs> with some background so you information. Can do a deep dive <laughs> into what really happened. A deep dive on Bolo. <laughs> He probably had a Valentine's Day sale. You should have did it yesterday. I should have. I didn't think. I know. But I'll go deep on that. (laughs) All right. So with that, that, Richie, thank you so much for coming. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. Me too. Of course. Thank you for coming. This was fun. Yeah. You You used everything on that table in front of you as a prop dick. So we really, I will. We really I will appreciate do that. your showmanship. There's a lot of phallic things around you. Yeah, that was very, very like SNL, like all your props in front of you, whenever you needed them. So, so really quick, just let people know where they can find you. It's everything DJ Richie Sky. So Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I have like two TikToks, so you can follow that and YouTube at DJ Richie Sky. Two TikToks, y'all. What do you do on them? On both of them? You know, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) No, he means he means he's only made two videos. Not he has two separate TikToks. Oh, oh my God! I thought you said two separate TikToks. I was like, what? what? I thought you had two separate accounts. No, I have two TikTok videos. (laughs) I understood. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm like, what are you doing in these videos? No, I thought you meant like two separate, two separate accounts. Got it. Okay. All right. Everything DJ Richie Sky everywhere. All TikToks. These are all TikToks anywhere. So before we go, let me just say, <laughs> liking a mean tweet is just as bad as tweeting it yourself. Know that. Thank you All for right, listening. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to visit <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash knowthatpod. If you want to join in on discussions about the episode as they air in real time, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at knowthatpod. You can also follow me personally at Real Donnywood on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me, Anthony, at Anthony F. Casella on Instagram. 
Graham. And you can follow me at Quentin Lamar on Twitter. Continue to listen and subscribe for free to know that a Real Housewives podcast on Apple or wherever you get your show. Bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.